Welcome to 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't quite figured out what their something is yet. It's time to celebrate this messy decade and to reassure you that everything turns out all right in the end, because doing something in your 20s can actually mean doing anything that makes you happy. My guest today is the multi-talented Richard Crawford. Like many budding creatives, Richard soaked up the theatre scene during his teenage years. When he was just 18 years old, he went on to win Best Breakthrough Actor at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and had big dreams of pursuing a career in acting. But as many of us know, the arts aren't exactly the easiest of industries to break into. And even when you do, it can be quite an unforgiving place. For Richard, the idea of tackling this in his early 20s was pretty overwhelming, so he spent some time soaking up the music scene between Newcastle and Ibiza in a bit to put off normal life, using this time to fully embrace being young and wild and free. It wasn't until Richard travelled around Cuba that he fully embraced the idea of pursuing an acting career, and from there journeyed down a remarkable route of some serious highs and lows to get to where he is today. He worked various jobs from stand-up comedy gigs to office jobs until his move to New York at the end of his 20s, where his creative cogs really began to set the wheels in motion. Now, Richard boasts a hugely successful career in the arts as a writer, director and performer. His immersive theatre company, Secret Theatre, has sold out productions in several countries around the world, from New York to Hong Kong, and has had several raving reviews from the New York Times, Time Out and Tatler Singapore. Richard's story just goes to show that even though your 20s might not take you exactly where you want to go, if you stick by your guns and follow what makes you happy, your future self will definitely thank you for it. Hey, Richard. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it makes me, it does make me feel old, this podcast. I'm in complete (laughs) denial about my age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be nice to look back and reminisce on the good times, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to start off by asking a question, which I ask all of my guests, which is what did teenage Richard want most from his twenties? Um, I, th- I think I, w- I wanted to be an actor, you know, I was in, I was at school and I was in all the school plays. Um, and it wasn't really the cool thing to do at my school. It was like the only guy kind of did it. Um, and you know, I really, I really loved it. I really loved it. So it's quite fortunate in that sense that I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but then I was kind of really unfortunate in that what I wanted to do may as well, you know, coming from a small town in Scotland may as well have been like, be an astronaut because there wasn't really you know it wasn't there wasn't I wasn't in London I wasn't around you know I was really you know in Edinburgh living in Edinburgh is where I was kind of tapping into it because at school I didn't really get much kind of focus to it or anything so yeah I mean I, I you know and um so I, I did know what I wanted to do but I, it's not like a normal career so if you wanted to be a, a a doctor, a lawyer, you know, you've got to go to university and study these things, but the path of the artist is, is ambiguous. And, you know, if you want to be an actor, then some actors, you know, they go to drama schools and they go do this and do that. And then other, the most successful actors from, you know, DiCaprio to whoever, they just, they, they were doing it when they were at school. So it's kind of like, it's, it, it's kind of like, it was cool to have a dream, but then it was it was you know realizing that it was going to be a real tough a tough tough one to crack. Yeah, totally. Did you feel like a bit of an anomaly then, or were there other people around you who were following similar routes? 
No, I, I felt totally um, um, there wasn't anyone in Edinburgh or anyone at school who, who wanted to go kind of in the same in the same direction. Um, and I think that 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 I don't think, you know, and also I was always quite easily led astray. So <laughs> I think I really needed actually to be poked into the right direction. I wasn't kind of focused enough to just mm-hmm. and I had other interests as well that's the thing you know I had I had interests in music and I had interests in other things and I don't kind of regret the journey that I went on um I'm lucky as well of what I want what I, what I do and what I want to do it doesn't it doesn't really have a shelf life you know it's mm-hmm. not like if you want to be an athlete you should be you should be doing it so mm. yeah so you didn't really feel the pressure to get into it straight away I did, I did feel, no, but I did, I did feel the pressure to get into it straight away because I had people saying to me, you're good, you can do it, you're good, you can do it, but not, not giving me, how do I do it? How do I do it? Mm. I didn't have anyone around. So it was like, so I kind of felt this pressure and that's why, you know, and I was in all the school plays and really into it. And then when I went to university, that's when I kind of lost the focus a little bit Mm. Um, and you know, it, again, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't London. It wasn't, it was Newcastle. So there wasn't a huge film and theatre scene. The course I did was, I got, I did actually the wrong course. So I completed a degree, but I, you know, my escape was, um, you know, was working and having fun, having really fun with my friends in Newcastle and then spending the summers working for space in Ibiza, um, which really, mm which was really, which was, you know, a really, really passionate thing that I wanted to do as well. So I kind of, yeah, so it's kind of like, it was a journey and it was, Mm. I was unsure. Um, I like in your note that you sent me that um, you mentioned that it all felt very overwhelming and I'm really glad that you raised it actually, because it's such a prevalent feeling amongst so many creatives, both like, you know, entering the industry and who've been in it for a while. And I just wanted to get your opinion on where do you think that stems from, that sort of anxiety? Um, I, I, I think it's I think it stems from still kind of an old fashioned view of things that you you know, you need to go to school and you need to go to university and you need to do all these things, you need to have these things figured out by a certain age. Um, and you know, like I, like I said to you as well, it took me until my, you know, your, your focus is on your twenties. It took me until my late twenties to really know who I was and I knew I wanted to do, which was a bonus. Not a lot of people do that, but it took into my late twenties to, to really have the drive and the passion to do it. It took me, mm. it, took me it took me a long time to do it. And I did feel uh, pressure to go to university, which to be honest, I had a great time, but it, I, it didn't really, it didn't benefit me academically or or in the arts or, or for my course. And mm. I think a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people that I went to school with as well, like we, you know, when we were at school, you all was you pressured go to college, go to university, know what you want to do. And lots of people didn't have a clue, and we're quite, you know, mm. especially boys, like we're quite immature in a way. And I think it's. Um, you know, I'd love to go to, for example, I'd love to go to university now, but it would just be weird, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um, Yeah. It's interesting it's- you say that because I did a career, uh, I did a degree in drama, um, yeah. which seems counterintuitive because it's not really something you can teach. And, you know, you go to uni to learn. Um, 
but I just find it interesting that there is, as you say, there is no path. And um, so studying it was quite a strange thing, I guess. Yeah. And drama, it's it's really difficult. Acting is a really difficult um, thing to think about academically because Mm. you could, you could turn on the TV tonight or stream a TV show where somebody who might not particularly be very talented is making a huge career from acting. Um, it's not like it's it's not like athletics where the best you know the the best person you know the, the best people kind of excel in it. it a lot of it is luck whereas like for mm. example I, I, I don't believe athleticism you know I don't believe it's luck that you become you know Michael Jordan or um Cristiano Ronaldo it's like a real talent that you need to have um mm. whereas in in our industry and acting, you can be really talented. You can work really hard, you know. And we, when the last show we did in London, we had these sort of thirty kids from a drama school came came and watched the show. And we did a question answer afterwards, and you know, it, and it's, I, I looked at them. I thought it's really tough, you know, because there's so many people trying to get into it, and I don't even have <laughs> sometimes the right answers to give them because it's quite a crazy journey that I went on to get it. And when actually when mm-hmm. I was their age, they were actually further than I was, I guess, because they were more. They were more focused on on kind of what they wanted to do. I was kind of still a bit hesitant of scared of of going for it and living the dream. Mm. I guess looking back in hindsight, are you glad that you did take those years out though before sort of pursuing the acting career? Yeah, yeah, because I think it, you know, it was kind of immature and I, you know, you think you've lived a little, but you haven't. And it wasn't, you know, living those you know, living those seasons in Ibiza, meeting all those people and and um, being into passionate about something and, you know, creating a night. We created a night for Carl Cox and we all worked for it. And when it was a success, it was a huge success. And that outweighed anything in my academic life or mm. or anything like that. And then, of, of course, that has a shelf life as well. And, and then um, I was in debt or whatever. And then when I wanted to go to London, it was really difficult to kind of... Um, to kind of get gigs in acting and to, to and that's why I went into stand up comedy because I was able to write, I was able to act, I was able to direct on myself and it didn't cost any money. It's actually quite good mm-hmm. advice for anyone and it obviously it's a pretty scary thing to do. So it's quite good advice for anyone who's in that similar situation where you as an actor you need to be around other people as well. It's not like you're a guitarist and you can sit at home and, and practice. You need to be around other people. Um, so it's a really difficult it's a really difficult um, thing to achieve um, mm. and it definitely helped that I was 25 26 when I was like right this is it it's now or never um, and I had people behind me as well my friends were supportive I remember my mom and my stepdad be like you just need to go for this now you you're 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 ridiculous in a suit. That's <laughs> like really bad suit I turned up for dinner with them and I was trying to trying to amp up what I was doing in some job. And they were like, you, you sound ridiculous. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, did you? Then, yeah. Go on. No, go on. And then, and then it seemed to happen quite fast when I was old. And then when I was studying it and I knew what I was doing and I was taking it really, really seriously, uh, things seemed to happen quite fast. Mm. Did you get an agent? Yeah, I had, um, had, uh, in London, um, we had, um, uh, I did stand up comedy and then I had an agent and I was, but it was a really in London, there's lots of agents and they weren't very good. So I was just doing everything and anything. I did like a musical. I did like, I was a rooster in Annie, which I was like, why am I here? I have no idea why, why they picked me. Um, and I did some really weird 
plays and shows. Um, and and then when I was in, when I moved to New York, I got, it took me a while, but I got a good, really good agent and I was going for some really good gigs. So yeah, I mean, it would, that, that, would, that was a real struggle as well to get, to put your trust in someone. And that's another tough thing about being a, being an actor as well is that the further up you, you progress, you rely so much on other people. And that's why I really mm-hmm. started my own company because I was kind of sick of doing that. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary enough to sort of rely on other people, you know, and you know, you're already stressed enough as an actor to make sure you give the right performance without having to worry about where the next job's coming from. And obviously it's such a, a crowded market. Like what kept you going on those years when you felt like you weren't getting anywhere? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I think I was just going with the flow. I was, I just, you know, I, I think if you're in, I mean, I'd such, I come from Scotland, you know, so it was like, it was an achievement just to be in London trying to mm. be an actor for me. And it was a big achievement just to be in New York. I mean, I remember doing a show, like at the Times, Times Square Arts Centre off, off Broadway and, you know, we, I remember cycling up to get my paycheck and it was just, it was just as pretty much zero, but I tended oh. to take all the money out. Um, but I remember cycling home just being really happy. Um, mm. and, um, and, and yeah, I think by, by going in late, um, things started happening. So, mm. um, and I kind of, I think I gave myself, I said, if, if, I think 30 years old, I was like, if I'm, if this is, if I'm not, this isn't happening at 30, then I'll, I'll, I'll go in a different direction. Um, but then. Oh, really? So you gave yourself sort of an ultimatum almost? Yeah. And it was also like an, an ultimatum in my head to kind of grow up. And I kept on moving the goalposts. Mm-hmm. It was like 25 and then it was like 30. And now I'm like, it's 40. <laughs> so I just keep changing the goalposts on that one. <laughs> So would you say that you're a goal-oriented person then? I mean, obviously in your early 20s, you seem to be sort of taking life as it came, which I think is a life lesson that we could all do to live by a little bit better. Um, but like sort of going into the acting, was that, did that change for you, that your, your mindset? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't, when I, then when I was there, my goal was to, was to write a play and put it on in New York. That was, that was the dream. And then, you know, it, you then I did that in my twenties, and then then I wanted to start my own company. So I, I've had to keep changing the the goal because it was almost like once you start doing it, because being an actor is really difficult. It's really difficult. It's more difficult than what I'm doing now, which is a little bit of everything, because you got to deal with the rejections, you got to deal with the auditions, the management, agents yada 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 whereas now i've i've a lot more control on on what i do and, and where i go um and so i also wanted to you know if you want to travel and stuff as well and work in different countries you can you can choose to do that if you choose to do it but as an actor you don't mm. did you find that the new york theater scene was different to london yeah i mean i just one of the one of the problems in london was that i wasn't really um I didn't really hang around with actors. I didn't define myself as an actor. I didn't really live and breathe it, which I think was a mis- was is a mistake. Um, and then when I moved to New York, I really did that. And um, I went to the Lee Strasberg Institute. I took classes there. I kind of um, 
tried to build up networks and tried to, you know, cr- I created a little theater company and, tr- and just tried to, to, to do all that and, and really define myself as an actor and stop kind of doing like be a jack of all trades, which is how I felt I was in London. Um, mm. And then also was like, I was, you know, I had to focus my health a bit more around it as well. The, the young 20s London life wasn't particularly healthy. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> Did you, because um, obviously you, you're now directing and also writing, was that something you explored in your in your 20s or did that come sort of a bit later? Yeah, no, that was, that, I, I was always kind of writing, you know, when I was mid-20s, I was writing comedy to do stand-up comedy, writing shows, trying to sell them, writing ideas. I wrote a book, I wrote, I was always writing, was always in the, in, in the background um, uh, and I was always acting as well and the directing was kind of by default um I didn't really I don't think anyone I don't think anyone really grows up one as I get in the younger and I want to be a director necessarily especially in theatre maybe in film um it's just something that I kind of fell into I found mm. it you know um and I was I used to act in the shows that I directed in smaller roles and then as the company got bigger sometimes I don't get the chance to do that so yeah, it's 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 weird because I do enjoy um, directing and writing. Um, it's been a while since I got my teeth into a good acting role, um, but I've always thought it was a bit weird to like create, write a show, create it, and put myself in it. I, don't, I just don't think I'm that. I just don't think I'd, I'd be comfortable doing that. You you just speak so sort of calmly in your reflection about your twenties, and I just wanted to ask whether that is something that you've gained, you know, retrospectively, or did, did you feel stressed at the time? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, you know, definitely some of the most awful times in my life were in my twenties. Um, you know, those are like the highlights, but there was, the, mm. there was, um, you know, there was a time when I, there was a time when I thought it was, I wasn't going to be an actor and I was working in, in the city in London, um, in a job that I hated wearing the suit and, um, you know, going slightly crazy, um, you know, and then there was also the, the, you know, the, the, the going for the auditions and not getting them the early, the early years, which are really, really difficult, um, mm. going out a lot with friends and, and the repercussions of that. And, you know, just, just really, tr- really trying to, you know, create and do something is it, it was it's, it's quite a tough experience um mm, the artist totally. now i think it's become harder in the advent of social media back then you didn't really you didn't have your peers to kind of compare yourself to you mm. kind of had these kind of glory goals of very successful people that were in the media but you didn't really um you know it wasn't like you could be you could you could you get put off by you know people's kind of selling them selling them, themselves as the best part of the world so that was easier but it was it was really really was stressful and there was ups and downs and um you know doing some of my shows in my 20s were really successful and some of them weren't um i did a, mm-hmm. i remember doing a show in a show in los angeles and like you know i had some success in new york and then went to la and nothing you know didn't really happen Obviously, it's a really weird place to put on a theatrical show. Um, I just, uh, and, and it was, you know, I remember like it wasn't making any money. People were getting stressed out. Um, mm. 
my dog actually has having a more successful career than I was as the face <laughs> of a pet food brand. And, <laughs> you know, you, you start crying in a gutter. Going, oh, <laughs> is this, is this what it's, is this what it's all about? Um, so yeah. the one, it's, it has been, it has been a complete, uh, the twenties were a complete roller coaster. Mm. you know, starting the decade, not even, not even working in the industry, to be honest. And when I and when I was between Newcastle and the Bifa, it was in the it was in my subconscious. I, I wanted to be an actor, but I wasn't doing anything about it. I was completely, you know, living mm. in a different reality. Mm. I think it's so interesting what you said about you know going into the arts now as opposed to then with social media being so prevalent. And I know that it's a very highly talked about subject in terms of you can see comparison is just everywhere but it it truly is in this industry as well and I think especially platforms like Twitter and Instagram where oh I got an agent or oh I'm about to be in this massive show like it is all around you and especially if you've been to drama school and stuff and all of your peers you go out into the world and I remember this from drama school and they were like the people around you maybe your friends but they're also your competition and so I do think that that has changed a lot in terms of that that com- that comparison perspective yeah absolutely i'm i'm very glad that social media didn't it didn't exist um in those early years as well um but you know there's the now that i i'm not i don't class myself as an actor now and running the company social media is is a lot of the way how we sell our tickets especially when we're abroad you know we've got quite a good mm. reputation in um in asia uh, we've done shows in done a few shows in Hong Kong and Singapore so that's how we can get our name out that's how we can connect to quite a lot of people so that now I see the advantages in that um because it'd be quite mm. difficult doing it in the old-fashioned way um but as an actor it's, 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 it, might, it, would, it would it would definitely do my head in yeah yeah let's let's talk a little bit about um secret theater then obviously you mentioned there that it's sort of gone across Asia but I mean it's it's such a revolutionary form of theatre, and I saw in an article that you actually been coined a pioneer of the secret theatre movement, uh, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> Did you ever think that you would be here, where you are today? Um, no, not really, because I, I guess when I was younger, I was like, I want to be an actor, and if that doesn't work out, then you know, I'd be doing something else, but I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know idea what that would do. I, I didn't think I'd be running. I didn't think I'd be living, living in Spain, married to a <laughs> Spanish lady, um, you know, doing shows around the world. I definitely didn't think that was, I didn't, I definitely didn't dream that was going to happen. I dreamed, I dreamed pretty, I mean, if you want to be an actor, that's a big enough dream in, in itself. And I would be, I would have been happy. I would have been happy at 18 getting, if I'd stayed in Edinburgh and done shows in Edinburgh Festival and done a TV show in a small TV show in Scotland, to be honest, mm-hmm. just because I love love acting and performing, um, that would have that would have been enough for me. But then you get older, and then I changed. You know, it changed from being an actor to running a, a, a company, and then it was about I did want to travel, so we started traveling with the company, and then. With you know, we wanted to do, we wanted to push boundaries and and, and bring the audience and more into it, which is the kind of the immersive angle. Mm-hmm. Do something different, do something that's progressive theatrically. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I did, I did definitely didn't think it was going to go this way. 
Mm. Did the idea come to you when you were in your 20s of the sort of following down the immersive path or did that come later on? Yeah, no, it was it was in my in, in my twenties. We were in we were in New York, um, and we we ended up doing a we ended up putting shows on in a warehouse in Williamsburg. Um, we did a and we did like some just some weird underground shows that I that I'd written, and then it accumulated in us as doing Edward Scissorhands. And because it was a warehouse, we needed to kind of you know we needed to, it wasn't a theatre, so we needed to build out. We lived there, so we had to build it out. So the audience kind of moved around a space that we were living in um, and wow. the actors kind of moved around. So that wasn't like a conscious decision. That was just us doing what we had to do it with. And then people were like, oh, that's really interesting. And then when I came came back to London after after a few years over there, that I felt like that was a direction I wanted to, to go in. Um, and then we started, you know, kind of small. We do, doing doing these immersive shows, did Reservoir Dogs, and then Dustal Dawn, and shows like that, and in site specific and immersive, and just kept pushing the envelope of that. Mm. And you're planning a show in London for hopefully after lockdown. <laughs> I well, I, we 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 had a show going in London called The Invitation, um, which was like kind of eyes wide shut meet seven and that was that we had we took over a five-star hotel and that was that was on that was running right in the middle of the of of the pandemic we we, we cancelled the show um, um about a week before the west end and broadway cancelled everything so we were we were up and running um and i did notice you know our Weekend shows were all selling out, but I did notice people were starting to ask funny questions about how it works, you know, because mm. the, the pandemic was on its way and people were being worried. We'd seen what had happened in Asia, so we were taking it a bit more seriously than people in London. Um, so now I'm in a position where I don't quite know what, where the future holds for live performance, especially what I do, which is quite intimate. Yeah. So we're kind of, yeah, I'm kind of exploring in my head. I, I am taking this time to kind of not pressure myself too much to kind of get my hustle on or, you know, or, or mm. start writing something straight away. But that show, for example, we had running, we'll, we can't bring it back on because it was in a hotel. Like it mm. was just, there's just so many variables in that environment post pandemic that I don't think we will be cool with for a bit. Um, yeah. So it's a real shame because we had shows lined up in 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 Dubai. We we're going to do our first shows in the Middle East um, in Dubai, wow. and um, my, my, kind of this dream venue that I've been hustling for night and day in Singapore, which I've finally got onto. It's a real process there. Um, we've done we did a show that was very successful, and I got got this venue kind of lined up, and so we had things lined up. Um, but now I don't know if those things are going to happen. I don't know mm. um, what the, I don't know what the future holds for immersive productions and live productions in general. Just now, I mean, the you know the, the talk of West End theatres going out of business. So yeah, yeah, it is a it's a scary time, but I cross everything for you in the hope that you know all of this hard work won't go amiss, and you will you will. You will get your productions on. I believe in that. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got a good feeling. I've got a good feeling about 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 it. Um, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see them happening next year. Um, so mm. we'll just have to juggle our lives until then. 
So now it's time to play Millennial Minesweeper. Um, so a quick recap, I'm just going to read you quotes from the internet or what I've made up and you've got to determine whether you think they are true or not. Okay. Sounds good? Cool. Sounds good. Okay. So our first one is, men find women at the most attractive in their early 20s and no matter how old they get, they still prefer women in this age range. Uh no matter how old they get, the men get. Yeah. I'd, say that, I'd say that was from the internet. Yeah. It's actually from the Daily Mail, um, entitled, A woman is over the hill as soon as she's old enough to drink. Research shows that men are most attracted to women in their early 20s, no matter how old they get. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know what research they're getting this from. <laughs> I'd love to know why you were taking your research from the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> There is so much <laughs> there is so much rubbish on the internet and I just find it interesting that this stuff even gets posted and unfortunately as as, read. As far as the Daily Mail goes, that's quite a conservative comment, isn't mm. it? Quite a kind of intelligent, <laughs> well well rehearsed comment. <laughs> Do you agree? Uh no, I don't think so. Uh I mean I live Good. in Good. I mean I I, I I I'm you know, we're living in Spain just now, so the, the, the vibe is different think so yeah i I wouldn't agree i wouldn't agree with that (laughs) good good i'm glad (laughs) um so our next one is we've all gotten a little hungry for meaning we've all got a little hungry for meaning Mm. was that you no it wasn't it does sound like something i'd write though but it was actually uh, published in the new york times last year in an article called why are young people pretending to love work which why, is why actually, are yeah why are young people pretending to love work i think yeah i think that's very what, you, what I, no, I think that's interesting because what, what you have to do is what i guess when i was younger when we were younger in london definitely people didn't people were quite and there was no social media so you weren't trying to sell your life but we were quite open about how shit their life was can i swear <laughs> how, how shit how shit their life was in a way no because it was a real struggle you know you're sharing a you're sharing an apartment um, you know, you're sharing a dodgy apartment with four other people. You're going out a lot. Everyone's trying to find themselves, and it's mm. fun, yeah. But it's not <laughs> yeah, that, that. But the work part of it wasn't fun. Some of the terrible jobs you have to do. I think that mm. must be that must be horrible now. If you've got you know trying to pretend that that's fun. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It sort of blamed our generation for coining the term TGIM, which is thank God it's Monday. <laughs> um, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, it's it, the way it was written, it came across uh, like quite negative in terms of like, I was like, well, what's wrong with young people loving what they do? But it does raise an interesting point about sort of our hustle and our need for success, um, which I do understand can be quite sort of overly talked about in that sense. But yeah. Um, and our last one is 70% of young people want to get married before they're 30. I believe that. Is that true? Maybe it isn't these days. I made that up. <laughs> but, um, I Yeah, I find it interesting because I'm sort of in my mid-20s and everyone I know pretty much now is getting married in their 20s. Um, it's just a new thing because I feel like... yeah. People, so people are getting, so people are, are getting more obsessed with their jobs now, and they're getting married earlier. Mm. That's interesting. Why? Why is that? 
I'm not sure. I mean, from people I've spoken to, it's because they want to look good in their wedding photos. And in your 20s, you are in your prime, oh in inverted commas. Yeah. <laughs> That's I just wish, one comment I've heard. But I wish I looked in my 20s in my wedding photos. I'll, I'll, say, that. I'll say that for sure. Um, but, maybe, but maybe it's also like it's an escape. You know, if you're pretending that your life's great and you love your job and you hate it deep down, then marriage is maybe a way out of it. Oh, controversial. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe indeed. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for coming on the 20 Not Something podcast. It's no been really all. great to chat. And it's so nice to have someone from a difficult creative industry talking very honestly about the difficulties of it because it, it really puts things into a nice perspective. <laughs> no problem at all. Thank you to the extremely talented composer and producer of this podcast, Pete Haff. And a big thank you to you guys at home for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, then please feel free to leave us a review. We absolutely love reading them and it helps more people find us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>